Awesome. You can grab a seat. It's great to have you here tonight. What a beautiful day it has been. Thanks so much, bro. Awesome. Well, we are privileged tonight. We've got Pastor Aaron Terry that's here tonight. He's the Baptist Lawson Pastor. And it's an honor to have you here tonight, Aaron. And uh, Aaron, his incredible wife and family lead just around the corner. So um, it's great to have you here and we're, we're honored that you take the time. And he's literally just come up to support us tonight and to be here and to cheer us on. I think that's what the church is all about, right? We should all be doing that for each other. And uh, in fact, Aaron is incredible at He's, he's introduced me to so many different people already uh, in the short time that we've known each other. I felt like I knew no other pastor in the Blue Mountains. And after meeting Aaron, he's like connected me with everyone. And so it's been amazing to do that and see some of the incredible things that are happening throughout the Blue Mountains. And Tim, Tim referred to it this morning. Uh, that we were up at Katoomba this morning with Pastor Ian and Doreen, and we had the most incredible time with them and their church. Uh, I led worship and Tim preached, uh, maybe the other way around. Um, and we had such a great time uh, meeting some, some of the most beautiful people that are, are so faithful and, and, and so incredible. And it's great to see churches that are strong moving forward in the Blue Mountains. And I just think the best days are ahead for the church in the Blue Mountains. And looking at Mikey tonight, it's starting to get ridiculous. I mean... <laughs> This guy sings, he preaches, he plays bass, he plays guitar, he plays keyboard. Now he's starting to do them at the same time. It's just getting crazy. Uh, it's going to get to the point sometime where we don't need any other volunteers in church. It's just going to be Mikey on the front door welcoming people as they come in. Then he's leading worship, doing all the instruments at the same time. He'll receive the offering, then he'll preach and do the altar call at the end. And none of us will be needed. He's just literally taking over everything. But uh, we love you, Mikey, and you're an absolute incredible, incredible part of the church, and not because of your gifting, but because of your heart. And so we honor you and we thank you for that, because um, there's a lot of people with your incredible gifting that don't have that heart to match, but your heart way outshines your gifting, and, and I love that about you. And uh, I feel like it's a reunion. I'm catching up with Felicity and Steve tonight, back after two weeks in Tassie, and um, everyone's just been getting envy looking at your social media feed, but it, uh, it's so good to have you back, and we really missed you guys, and uh, the staff were out of control without you being there, so we really need you back, get us back in order, <laughs> but it's been good. Well, I better preach, I guess. Lord, help me. Amen. Tonight, I just want to speak about an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. I love in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down deep into Him and let your lives be built upon Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority." I love this passage. I love that it talks about being grounded in Christ, being built upon Christ. 
And as we live like that, it says that you will overflow with thankfulness. To me, it reminds me that gratefulness is actually a sign of spiritual maturity. If, if you are grateful, if you are thankful to God, if you are thankful for the environment, for the people that are around you in your world, it's literally saying in this passage that it's a sign that you are overflowing with thankfulness because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's actually a sign of spiritual maturity. I think we've all encountered the grumpy Christians. We've all encountered people that perhaps aren't so happy, aren't so thankful, and it seems like their world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. They get more and more critical, and they lose out. I don't know about you, but I just want to live a thankful life. Have you imagined what does the opposite of a life of gratitude look like? Whingy? Absolutely. It looks entitled. It looks like people taking others for granted. It looks like jealousy. It looks like envy. It looks like frustration. It looks like pride. It looks like arrogance. It's a repelling kind of lifestyle. It's the kind of person you don't want to be around, the grump that's always complaining. They've always got the, 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 the bad situations that have come into their life. They've always had this that's gone wrong and this that's gone wrong. And, and only if I was this person, perhaps things would be different. Or if I had this up, upbringing, perhaps things would be different. And they just find themselves in a negative spiral. But I don't want to be that kind of person. I kind of feel like Christians should be the most grateful people in the world. We should be the happiest people. We should be full of joy. We should be allowing our thanks to come out. We've got the greatest thing to be thankful for. But isn't it funny how we can find ourselves complaining about our blessings? We can find ourselves praying one day to own a house. And then we get a house and we are complaining about the upkeep of the house. We can find ourselves praying for kids, and then we have kids, and we think about, what if I strangled my child? <laughs> we can think about how they can cause us to be so frustrated and angry at times, and, and they can cause us to be so frustrated with just the way they are behaving. And we can find ourselves complaining about that. Literally, Amy and I, we went through IVF, so we paid thousands of dollars to have a child. And yet we can find ourselves at times complaining about that. And actually, we prayed for this. We believe God for this. They are a blessing from God. I love our kids. But just like everyone, isn't it so easy to find ourselves complaining about our blessings? Some people complain about their wives, complain about their husbands. Is there anybody in the building this morning, tonight, that perhaps have been in that place? Don't lift your hand. But isn't it funny how we can find ourselves doing that? We are blessed, but we can complain about our blessings. And so I just wanted to briefly just say tonight, see, gratitude, it simplifies your life, number one. Gratitude shows you what is important, number two. And gratitude sets the tone of your life. We've all encountered people that live a negative trajectory to their life and they're complaining about things. But I always feel like gratitude, it just it, it simplifies your life. It, life can get so foggy and so complex when we are consumed with our worries and our fears and our anxieties and the things that we're complaining about. It's like life gets complicated really quickly. But isn't it true when you just take a moment to reflect and be grateful, how simple things start to become? How it just all of a sudden starts to, the fog disappears and you can find yourself just thankful and simplicity comes back into your life. We live in a complex world and there's something so incredible about simplicity. And the other thing is that it, it starts to clarify in that moment 
what is truly important. As we start to be grateful for our loved ones, as we're grateful for the grace of Jesus Christ, it just clarifies again, hey, sometimes I'm majoring on what should just be the minors. Sometimes I'm focusing on things that I just, I just need to lay that down and trust in God and just be reminded again and, and truly gratitude. It sets the tone of your life. Some of the most incredible people of faith that I have met are the most grateful, are the most thankful, are the most full of joy people, and they, you just are attracted to them. You want to be around them because there's something about their life, and it's almost like as they're more thankful and more grateful, and as they continue speaking it, that more blessing comes into their life. It just feels like more favor comes on their life, that their life just gets better and better. And I think it has a lot to do with their thinking, and it has a lot to do with the way that they speak. And as we are grateful, it's amazing how that happens. And so I was reading through the week from Forbes magazine. I was reading about seven scientific facts of how gratefulness actually affects you in a positive way. And I was thinking about this message tonight and I was crafting some points and I thought, you know what? I'm actually just going to steal all of these points because they are incredible and I can back them all up with Scripture. So tonight's message is from Forbes magazine. And so seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude that will motivate you to give thanks all year round. The first one's this. Let's, let's, I encourage you, write these down. These will, these will bless you tonight. Number one, gratitude, it opens the door to more relationship. Gratitude opens the door to more relationship. This is what it said in the article. Not only does saying thank you constitute good manners, but showing appreciation can help you win new friends, according to a 2014 study published by Emotion. The study found that thanking a new acquaintance makes them more likely to seek an ongoing relationship. So whether you thank a stranger for holding the door or you send a quick thank you note to that co-worker who helped you with a project, acknowledging other people's contributions can lead to new opportunities. Isn't that incredible? Scientifically proven from all the studies that they've done, they've discovered that gratefulness actually opens the door to more relationships in your world. And isn't the scripture true in Proverbs 27, 17, when it says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. When we are grateful for the people that are around us, when we encourage, when we build them up, when we're thankful for them, when we speak life into them, it actually sharpens them and it does something in us. It opens a new relationship and opens a new a sense of connection between those people. And I think it's just powerful how somebody that lives a grateful life is always sowing seeds of relationship. They're always opening the door to new connections, people that they would encounter that perhaps don't even know Jesus, that would say, you know what, that person, they said thank you, they were grateful, they were happy, they were nice, I want to connect with that person. And I think as the church of Jesus Christ, we want to be doing that more often, right? We want to be creating opportunities, sowing seeds in people's life, being the kind of person that are easy to connect with. I want to kind of have, be that person that brings relationship wherever I go, that is open to connection and open to, to knowing new people. But isn't it true that the opposite can have an effect? When we live ungrateful lives, it can really close the door. It can really close the door to relationship. My stepmom, who inherited all of my parents' inheritance, 
and, and cut us out and cut us out of the will and, and cut my family out and made sure it all was directed towards her family. When she did that, she made a decision to, instead of being grateful for all that she had received, literally moving from housing commission to a huge inheritance, she decided to try and shore up everything that she had and hold it in. But actually, I won out because I learned a process of being able to forgive in that moment and a continual journey of forgiving, mind you, of being able to lay that down and release that. But I actually became the bigger person from that. She might have received the money, but in a lot of ways, there was a shrinking on the inside. And I find even when I encounter her today, because we've got great relationship today, we see each other Christmases and birthdays and all those kind of things. Still today, I find her complaining about money complaining about what she doesn't have, complaining about what she's lacking, and complaining about her set of circumstances. And I think to myself, there is a principle here, that if you are ungrateful for what you have, it actually flows on into your life. But if you're just grateful for what you have, even if it's little, even if it's small, it's amazing how God can bless that and bring His favor on that as you're just grateful for what you have. I want to be the kind of person that's grateful. Secondly, this morning, gratitude improves physical health. It says in the passage, oh, so not in the passage, sorry, in the article. We'll get, we'll get to the passage in a moment. Honestly, it is backed up from Scripture, <laughs> I promise you. It says this, Grateful people experience fewer aches and pains, and they report feeling healthier than other people. According to a 2012 study published in Personality and Individual Differences, not surprisingly, grateful people are also more likely to take care of their health. They exercise more often and are more likely to attend regular checkups with their doctors, which is likely to contribute to further longevity. Isn't it amazing that when we are grateful for our bodies, how we begin to respect them? The Bible talks about how they are a, a holy temple. And yet, when we are ungrateful for our bodies, when we, we don't focus on the fact that we are blessed with the life that we've got, we're, we're blessed to have breath in our lungs, we're blessed to have the health that we have, when we forget that and we take it for granted, how we can really abuse our bodies physically, how we can find ourselves in situations where we're not eating healthy, we're not exercising, we're not doing things to acknowledge the incredible blessing that we have. It's a bit like when you're sick. And uh, a, a few weeks ago, I was, I was sick, I was... About three weeks ago, I was vomiting, and I hate the feeling of vomiting. Just, just to clarify, I wasn't pregnant, but I, I was just, just unwell, and I was just hating the feeling of, of, of that. And isn't it amazing after you stop and that you start to get better, how it's almost like you just got a new spring in your step. You just feel grateful not to be sick anymore, and you just feel, oh, it's so good to be healthy. You just feel so grateful. But how quickly time goes on, you just take your health for granted, and you just forget and I thought to myself, even coming out of, imagine people that are going through cancer treatment and chemo and that are feeling like this month after month after month, or uh, even had sympathy for pregnant women, uh, just months and months and months of, of vomiting or feeling unwell. And I thought to myself, my gosh, I had it for 24 hours. And uh, I, was, I was needing, I, I, Amy was uh, very compassionate, but I, I, wouldn't, I could have had 10 nurses and it wasn't enough. Uh, just waiting on me hands and hand and foot. I'm a bad patient. But isn't it amazing how we just forget? We just forget how blessed we are to have our health. 
And just being grateful for that, how, how it actually has an effect on us being more and more healthy. And you, you see it with people that are facing incredible health challenges, how, how they say that people that are more grateful, that are more thankful, that are more positive throughout that treatment, they have a more positive result. It's just a flow-on effect. And it's so it's so true that Scripture says this in Proverbs 14.30, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Isn't that true? When we have a peace in our heart, when we're thankful, when we live grateful, it actually has an effect on bringing health into our body. Thirdly, tonight, gratitude improves physiological health. Philippians 4 verse 8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Scripture is telling us very clearly that your thoughts guide the direction of your life. Just like your head, wherever you move your head, your body will follow. It's the same with your life. Wherever your mind goes, your life will follow. You will start to go in the directions of your dominant thoughts. So what are you thinking? Take stock tonight. What are you thinking about yourself? What are you thinking about others? What are you thinking about God? Because those three things are going to have a huge effect on the direction of your life and where you're going. It says in the article, gratitude reduces a, multi a multitude of toxic emotions, ranging from envy and resentment to frustration and regret. It says Robert A. Summons, Ph.D., a leading gratitude researcher, what a great researcher, <laughs> a leading gratitude researcher has conducted multiple studies on the link between gratitude and well-being. His research confirms that gratitude effectively increases happiness and reduces depression. That's why when you go to a counsellor, they encourage you to list the things that you are thankful for in your life because they're trying to rewire the thinking in your brain to think positively about your future and think positively about your situation rather than just to revert to the negative pathways that we sometimes develop. And they can be worn pathways in our life, worn roads that we've gone down many times, thinking negative thoughts about ourselves. Just like Scripture says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, I've, throughout my ministry life, I have often been the youngest person in the room. I started preaching at church when I was 16 years old, and I took on our youth ministry as the youth leader when I was 18 years old. I did Bible college and I got my probationary minister's certificate when I was 19 years old. And then I took on the leadership of our region for Youth Alive in the New England area when I was in the Hunter Valley when I was 20 years old. And then when I moved here to the Blue Mountains, I got my ordination when I was 25 years old and came on staff at church as the assistant pastor. And then obviously stepped into the role as the lead pastor when I was 30. And so all of those moments, I would find myself in meetings with other pastors, with other leaders, with other people in the region, with other people that I would connect with. And pretty much most of the time, I have been the youngest person in the room. And that comes with a whole bunch of intimidation. 
In our movement, we've got incredible pastors and leaders, but I found myself in rooms where I'm with a lot of people that I respect, but I'm the youngest in the room, and I've felt vulnerable and oftentimes have felt like I shouldn't be in the room because of my age. And I felt like I am trying to make myself smaller. I'm trying to just make sure, Ben, don't say something stupid. (laughs) Just keep your mouth shut. And just feeling like I'm always around people that are bigger than me. And I had to come to a place in my life where I would often meet people and they're like, oh, wow, you're young. And and I would always feel intimidated by that. But I've had to come to a place where I just got comfortable with being the youngest person. I am young. That is not a bad thing. It's okay. Some people will never get over that. Some people will never cope with the fact that I am young. In some of these rooms, some people will not be able to deal with it. But I just need to be comfortable with it and go, God's called me. God's anointed me. It's not about my personality. It's not about my gifting. It's all about God. And if I just focus on that, I just be faithful with what I'm called to do. Because I can tell you this, I felt intimidated a lot of times. I felt like I shouldn't be here. I feel like maybe I should just wait till I'm older until I do it. Maybe I should just stay out of it and let someone else do it. Maybe I should just not do this. And I felt like I've disqualified myself so many different times. And I've tried to prove myself. I've tried to to make sure I'm a certain way. I've tried to, to dress a certain way. And I thought, you know what? I'm just me. I can't get any older because when I get older, I'm going to start wishing I was younger. So I might as well just enjoy being the age that I am right now. That's one thing I can't change. Guys, I'm 32. I can't change it. Tomorrow, even if I pray, I won't become 42. But when I'm 42, I'll probably want to be 32. And so I'm just going to enjoy the season that I'm at right now. And however people react to that, I can't control that but I can control just doing what God has called me to do. So I call myself a young 32-year-old. But I say that to say that we can have such a mindset where we disqualify ourselves from things. We look at our age, we look at um, who we are, we look at our past, we look at the things that we've gone through, and we can find ourselves mentally disqualifying ourselves and creating a pathway where we've talked ourselves out of what God has actually called us to do. And he hasn't called us to do that. Fourthly tonight, gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. It says in the article, grateful people are more likely to behave in a pro-social manner, even when others behave less kind. According to a 2012 study by the University of Kentucky, Study participants who ranked higher on gratitude scales were less likely to retaliate against others. Even when given negative feedback, they experienced more sensitivity and empathy towards other people and a decreased desire to seek revenge. It is hard to be mad and grateful. When someone flicks you the bird in traffic... And your first thought is to help them back. Give and you shall receive and give back to that person what they've just given to you. It's encouraging to know that you can actually put a stop to that situation by being grateful. Perhaps you could be driving along and then you could say, God, I thank you 
that that person has good health in their body, that their middle finger can be lifted towards me. God, I thank you that I'm driving on the road, that I live in a country, that I live with the wealth to be able to have a car, to be able to have access to drive on a road. I thank you that I live on, in a place where our roads are so clear that we can drive and that someone can give me the finger and we don't have a crash, but we can just drive alongside next to each other. There's so many things in those moments that we could be thankful for. And doesn't thankfulness do that? It just changes the atmosphere. You can be bunch, around a whole bunch of negative people and you walk into the room and you just start being thankful for things. And it's amazing how it just changes the atmosphere. Just that simple thought of being grateful, how it can literally change the atmosphere. I, I'll never forget, after my dad passed away, I was feeling quite sorry for myself. And I was feeling like in a, in a, in a pretty dark place. My mum had passed away when I was 11 and my dad when I was 18. Literally in that week, the person that led me to Christ, who was a World War II war veteran, he passed away in the same week that my dad passed away. And he was an incredible man of God that was really respected in our church. Then my dad passed away. And then on my street, someone had a car accident and was killed. Fatality on the corner of my street. This all happened in the same week. And I just felt like all of this death was just surrounding me. And to be honest, I was in a quite a negative space. And someone gave me this DVD from Nick Voyagey. This guy with no arms and no legs. And he gets up and he's got this incredible faith and he preaches to thousands of people about living a positive life, finding hope in Jesus Christ and, and, and being able to understand that it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've been through, God's got a purpose for you, he's got a destiny for you, there's good things in front of you. And I'm watching this DVD and literally in that moment, it changed my whole perspective. It, it seems like the simplest thing to watch this DVD, but I thought to myself, if this guy can be grateful for his life, and grateful for what he has, and uses what he has been given by God to reach out towards other people, then I can use all of these negative situations that's happened to me, and I can do the same. I thought, I was so inspired by someone that was literally, I thought to myself, what would my life look like if I had no arms and no legs? I thought about the impact of that, and the, the mental things that he had to overcome to be a, such a positive person, and I thought, you know what? I could have changed my whole perspective on it. And it really ministered to me. It did something, it shifted something in my heart as I just literally took that moment and I thought, you know what? I'm going to live different in this situation. I look, at, I look through Scripture. I can see in Acts chapter 5, verse 40, this is a, a perfect example of when the disciples were, were punished because they were uh, out spreading the gospel and preaching to others. It says in Acts 5, verse 40, they called in the apostles... And they had them flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus. And they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach the message, Jesus is the Messiah. I don't know whether I would have had that positive outlook. I'd just been flogged, beaten, imprisoned because I'd been out sharing the gospel. And then I'm walking away grateful to be counted worthy to be flogged because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What an attitude. 
What a way of adjusting your thinking. And what was the result of that? The gospel spread. There was greater impact. They preached to more people. But it took their thinking going towards the positive and being grateful to actually change that whole situation. Can you imagine how the people flogging them would have felt as they're flogging them and they're grateful to God? That would have been such a mind spin watching them go out and continue to preach the gospel. Don't you reckon that would have preached to them? That, that would have had some kind of impact on thinking, you know what, maybe what they're talking about is legit. Maybe this is real because I've never seen anyone flogged and be thankful for it. Never in my life have I seen a child get a smack and walk away praising God for it. <laughs> I got many when I was a child, but I never thanked God for it. But these guys had an incredible perspective. Number five, grateful people sleep better. Do you want to sleep better? Grateful people sleep better. Psalm, uh, Psalm 4 verse 8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Going back to uh, the article, it says this, Writing in a gratitude journal improves sleep. According to a 2011 study published in Applied Psychology, Health and Wellbeing, um, spend just 15 minutes jotting down a few grateful sentiments before bed and you may sleep better and longer. Isn't it amazing that as you are grateful, as you are thankful for the blessings in your life, how it brings calm, it brings peace, it reminds you, it gives you perspective. Because isn't it true that at nighttime, the weights of the world come down upon you? As you're laying there at night, it feels like the heaviness of what's going on, it can crush you. The worries, the fears, the anxieties, they just get worse in the night hours. As you think more and more about it, as you rehearse it in your mind, as you go over it, it's amazing how it can just feel like it is crushing you. But just being grateful starts to lift that load. Being thankful to God, praising God. Praise has incredible power to bring breakthrough. We know about Paul and Silas as, as they praised God in the prison, how that place just shook and set them free, how it had incredible impact to the prisoners that were around and about them as they just praised even in their concerns, even in their worries. They just found a way to be grateful. Isn't that the greatest witness to those that are around you? When you're just so grateful, even in the midst of adversity, it confuses people. Why is that person happy? When all this is going on, why are they getting flogged and they're so happy? It just confuses and that's how the gospel gets spread. Number six, gratitude. There's only seven, so we're almost there. Gratitude improves self-esteem. Philippians 2 verse 3 says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Isn't it amazing that when we focus on ourselves, how we can spiral down, we can find ourselves in comparison, we can find ourselves in envy, we can find ourselves in disappointment and frustration, we can find all the faults. I could ask someone here tonight, tell me 10 things that are great about you, and you would struggle. But if I said to you, tell me 10 things that you don't like about yourself, we'd all quickly write down that list. Because we are obsessed with our own uh, negative self-image. And it's, it's, it's literally killing people. 
Social media and the comparison of looking at other people, it's causing people to be depressed. It's causing people to be at a place of being suicidal. It's causing people to downward spiral because we're so consumed with ourselves and trying to be somebody that we forget about serving others. And isn't it true that as we serve others and put others first, and as it says in this passage, focus on them, how our our lives find purpose and fulfillment? We no longer feel negative actually serving people. Statistics will tell you this. As you serve other people, it actually brings well-being into your own life. So when we ask people to serve at church, it's actually doing them good. Because it's, it's helping them do what they're called to do. And it's helping them have a sense of fulfillment. Because each one of us have a purpose. It's amazing how that happens. Going back to the study, it says a 2014 study published in the Journal of Applied Sport Psychology found that gratitude increased athlete self-esteem, which is an essential component to optimal performance. In other words, when you're confident, you're going to perform better. Other than becoming resentful, sorry, rather than becoming resentful towards uh, other, other people who have more money or better jobs, which is a major factor in reduced self-esteem, grateful people are able to appreciate other people's accomplishments. And it's so releasing to get to a place where you can cheer somebody else on without having to feel negative about yourself, where it's not a competition, where you're not competing, but you can just genuinely be happy for someone else. Your win is your win, and I'm praising God with you for that. And I don't have to feel bad about what's going on in my circumstance, but I can just praise God for the win that you're experiencing in your life. Self-esteem can really rob us from being able to connect. It can rob us from living a life of confidence. I will never forget meeting Brian Houston for the first time, pastor of Hillsong Church. I made an absolute fool of myself. It was at state conference, um, going back, I don't know, maybe... Uh, eight, nine years ago, and here I was at this conference, and uh, we came out for the morning tea break, and I'm out talking to him on the deck outside. He comes over, I'm just standing there talking to someone else, and he comes over and he goes, Hey, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, uh, my name's Ben, and and I'm I'm fumbling my words, and then I I just foolishly said, what's your name? (laughs) Like, I'm trying to keep the conversation going, And of course, I know who he is. Everyone at the conference knows who he is. He's speaking as the guest speaker at the conference. Why did that come out of my mouth? And then he goes, oh, which church did you come from? And so I tell him which church. And then I go, again, which church do you come from? (laughs) I'm like, I'm watching myself fail in this moment. Why am I saying this? Why am I doing this? And so he's like, oh, Hillsong Church. And then he goes, how's your church going? And I tell him how our church is going. And then I asked him, how's your church going? I mean, it's in revival. It's the greatest. It's the largest church in our nation. It's moving forward. It's all these things. And I I just couldn't help myself just die every time I said something. How do you talk to someone like that? That They're this incredible hero. You've got no small talk conversation points for them. You can't reply. Usually someone says, hey, what do you do for work? What do you do for work? You know, it doesn't work like that with someone that's a hero like that. You've got to think of something else because you know everything about them, but they know nothing about you. And that moment just crushed me. It was one of those moments where I think what had happened is I just saw myself as so small that I lost complete confidence in that conversation. And when we have got a small view of ourselves, 
instead of being grateful, instead of being encouraged, instead of me just focusing on, 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 on Brian and listening to some of the great things they could do, I was so consumed with myself and trying not to say something stupid out of my own self-esteem that what happened is I ended up saying something stupid. My mind was going there and my whole actions just followed it. But it's so much different when we're just confident, when we're grateful, when we're just positive, when we're focused on other people, how, how conversation just flows. And finally tonight, gratitude increases mental strength. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. If the team want to come. In fact, in the Amplified Version, I love how it says this. It says, Casting all your cares all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns, once and for all on Him, for He cares about you with deepest affection, and He watches over you very carefully. Going back to the article, it says this, for years, research has shown gratitude not only reduces stress, but it may also play a major role in overcoming trauma. A 2006 study published in Behavior Research and Therapy found that Vietnam War veterans with higher levels of gratitude experienced lower rates of post-traumatic stress disorder. A 2003 study published in the Journal of Personality and, and, and Social Psychology found that gratitude was a major contributor to resilience following the terrorist attacks of September 11. Recognizing all you have to be thankful for, even during the worst times of your life, fosters resilience. And the truth is that when we can remain thankful in whatever season we go through, we can find ourselves pointing our life in a direction that moves forward positively, that moves in faith, that moves in a life that says, you know what, God, I trust you. I know you've got a purpose for my life and can move forward in freedom and move forward in joy. But when we just find ourselves consumed by what we're facing, find ourselves being negative, speaking down, talking about our complaints more than what we're grateful for, it's amazing how our life spins more and more out of control. All of us have encountered some painful situations. I'm not the only one. Everyone in this room has encountered some traumatic, painful, hurtful things, and I don't want to skip over it as just easy because sometimes it's just downright hard. But some people can go through the same thing and walk out of it a different way. And really, it just comes down to this. How do we think? How are we grateful? And how can that transform our life and transform the direction of our life? So, gratitude opens the door to more relationships. Gratitude improves physical health. Gratitude improves psychological health. Gratitude produces empathy and reduces aggression. Gratitude, grateful people sleep better. Gratitude improves self-esteem. And gratitude increases mental strength. So tonight, Lord God, we pray that we would be the most grateful people on the earth. That gratitude and thankfulness, Lord Jesus, would flow out of our lives. That people would be around us and that almost get sick of how positive we are of how grateful we are, of how thankful we are for all that we have. And Lord, I pray that it would change the pathways in our brain, that we would be positive, Lord God, that we would be faith-filled, that we would look forward to the future with joy and expectation, that gratitude would flow out of City Church, 
that people would come to City Church because they just want to see what are these happy people on? What's going on in their world? Because they just seem so happy. And I pray that they would encounter the love of Jesus Christ, which we are most grateful for. And we thank you for it tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, let's, let's finish tonight with two minutes of being grateful to God in worship before we conclude the service tonight.